You ready? I'm ready. Welcome to Break the Money Curse. It's your boy, Drew. It's your boy, D-Money. How you feeling, D-Money? I'm feeling good now that I'm off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> this dude was crawling around on the floor. I'm like, what are you doing over there? Yeah, we uh, put our, our uh, table, our large 72-inch round table. Man, that thing was heavy. I had to uh, put it down in our Airbnb downstairs, so... Right now, we don't have a table. Hopefully, not for long, though, because my wife is always looking to upgrade and do different things. So I don't know what we're doing right now. Yeah, uh, that was a nice table. I when we recorded at that table, it's kind. It was like a. It was like one of those boss tables, like okay, like boardroom mafia style. Exactly. You know, <laughs> the reason why we got the round table though is because. Um, yeah, so the reason why we got the round table uh, was so to, to promote <laughs> equality. Because we used to have a lot of, like, friends over when we got the table when we lived in High Park, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it seats, like, 10. So we never wanted to have, like, a head of the table, you know, like if you had a rectangular table or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. So it's just like having a round table is more inclusive and more, you know, people just feel like they could talk to pretty much everyone. Or whatever activity we were doing at the table, because we would like play uh, cash flow um, at the table. So yeah, I love the table. I, I love the the round table, man. That's that's very thoughtful. You're not isolated to the people sitting right next to you. Yeah, and that wasn't my idea. That was definitely my wife's idea. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, kudos on that. I loved it. All so right. I mean, it's not in our house anymore, but at least it's in our Airbnb, and I do go downstairs from time to time and sit at that table still to this day. <laughs> I would imagine. So I'm not crawling around on the floor, but um, unfortunately, um, I got to go to the dentist after this. I got to um, see a man about a root canal, so I'm not Sound- thrilled about that. Sounds painful, man. Sounds painful. Yeah, the first one <laughs> was painful, and now the second te- tooth has to be retreated. And here, there's a little backstory. So when I lived in Chicago, um, I had this dentist that I loved from a financial standpoint because <laughs> she, she would. There was there was no regardless of my insurance, I never had to come out of pocket. She would finagle the insurance so that. Um, yeah, she would get paid fully from the insurance company and I wouldn't have to come out of pocket. Yeah. But whatever she did to this tooth now has to be redone. So, you know, well, man, the, the cost of you, taking that shortcut. Yeah, you get what you pay for. And that's that's like a metaphor for life, right? When you try to take those shortcuts, you definitely pay for it in one way or other. But, so this kind of segues into what we're going to talk about today. Um so for a lot of us, we have open enrollment in October, right? Yeah. So we want to get um, thinking about employer benefits. And uh, I've been, this has been on my mind because I recently got a new job and I'm still in that window to sign up for benefits. So when I went to the, so typically I don't have a lot of health issues. I don't have a lot of dental issues. So when I signed up, I went with the lowest plan. So then I went to the dentist on Friday for my consultation and I got the printout of what I was going to have to pay for all this work I need done. And I was like, dang, I messed up. <laughs> yeah. But because I'm still in the first 60 days of my job, I went back and I selected the highest plan. Okay. So that 
because we're recording this now in September. So I figured those payroll deductions will live with me through the end of the year. And then in October, I can go back after the work is done and choose a plan that's more in line with my typical needs. So when you say that you chose the highest plan, do you mean the highest plan in terms of cost to you? Highest cost highest, and highest coverage because highest coverage. it will result in less out-of-pocket for the rest of this year. But we know every year we get to change up our change, benefits. Right. So in January, I can switch over and... Um, I'll just, you know, I'll end up, it'll end up saving me probably a couple of thousand dollars. And is this a PPO or HMO? It's a PPO. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're coming at a good time where you can definitely take advantage of that as a new hire coming in and then you only have to have that, that coverage for a few months exactly. and then you can switch over on January 1st. Yeah, man. When it comes to, you know, these, uh, the, the benefits and, and open enrollment there, there definitely is some strategizing. Um, around it, especially as you get older, especially as you start to add family members and kids and things like that. You know, I remember the first time that I had open enrollment coming out of college, it was just like, I had to ask my mom, like, what should I choose? Like, yeah, I think I chose like an HMO. It was just very simple. You know what I'm saying? Probably like the cheapest option, you know, as, yeah. as a, as, as a 20 some year old, you're not really going to the doctor a lot, you know? So, yeah, I still find it overwhelming. There's just so many options now. Yeah. Um, and as workplaces try to be more attractive, like they add all this random stuff and it's like, what is that? Do I need it? I, mm -hmm. I don't think I need it, but what if I do need it? So like, it's kind of this mental fuckery that you deal with when it's time to, to elect your benefits, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And unfortunately what I've seen, I mean, we both work in HR yeah. and um, I've, I've worked in almost every department in, in HR. Mm -hmm. Now, I've, I've been in departments where the benefits team weren't like the strongest team in yeah. really explaining the mm -hmm. benefits and explaining why someone would want this benefit over the other. So, yeah. you know, hopefully like when we go through, you know, this subject, what we want to do is just kind of explain some of the differences uh, with these. So if you're mm -hmm. uh, looking at some of these benefits, you know, today or in October, November, or, you know, whenever you're listening to this, you'll be able to at least know the difference and um, hopefully be able to, you know, select right. benefits with, with more knowledge. All right. Where do you want to start? Well, let's start at the, the 401k, because I think that's an easy one. Um, and this could be, you know, we'll, we'll just say retirement plan, because, you know, if you work for a nonprofit, mm -hmm. you may have a 403b. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you have a 401k if you work for, for a for-profit. There's you know, uh, just a general retirement plan. So um, with 401k, uh, typically this one, I would say this one isn't one that's, I mean, you could probably change this, you know, more than open enrollment, but I think it's a good time to look at this one, like going into uh, the, the end of the year, beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, typically, you know, you have uh, employers who offer some type of match, um, uh, you know, uh, based on what your contributions are. Um, a lot of employers um, give you the option of either uh, contributing on a pre-tax basis, uh, which, which reduces your taxable income uh, yeah. right now, today. Or you can also uh, do uh, uh, Roth contributions, 
which uh, you're paying the taxes uh, today, but you know, you'll have tax-free growth uh, later on. Now, every plan doesn't have both uh, selections, yeah. but uh, some plans do. So we're just going to talk about like all the options that you know plans may have. Yeah. Your plans may have something different, uh, but we definitely want to throw them all out here. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so like I just mentioned, I have a relatively new job and I was talking to my mom yesterday and uh, you know, she was giving me a hard time because I was at my last job for two years. Um, and you know, what I was telling her is like working at a job is kind of a two way street, right? You need to make sure that it's the right fit both ways. Um, and when it's not, it's okay to move on. And we were talking about like loyalty and how her generation, they would stay at a job 20, 30 years and they would retire from that job. And that was something to be proud of. Um, and you know, what I said to her was, well, back in the day, most employers also offered a pension and that was a big, big bargaining chip when it came to loyalty and people sticking it out because they knew that there was this big sum of money at the end of the day, their retirement was taken care of. Um, and we don't really have that, right? We don't have that anymore. Right. Nope. Um, hardly ever. Yeah. Hardly ever. It's very rare. And, but a 401k, the nice part is, um, it gives you flexibility if you have to leave the job. If, if, but you need to pay attention to the vesting part of it. Right. Yeah. And most of the time, um, uh, you know, you, yeah, you definitely need to pay attention to the, to the vesting part. I know some jobs have like, if there's profit sharing, there's vesting, but yeah. some jobs ha- have, you know, their contributions are a hundred percent vested you on know, day one. Yeah. And what we mean by vested is, uh, basically there's like, sometimes there's a vesting schedule. So say for instance, um, a job will say that there's a five year vesting schedule and every, every year, 20% of the contributions, um, that they give uh, you, they're mad. that they give you are, are yours essentially. So you have to stay at the job at least five years to get a hundred percent of the contributions. Now, I think a lot of companies are moving away from that because that's not as competitive, um, you know, in the market as it, as it used to be. Yeah. Um, but I know uh, some jobs have like some of those longer term benefits that mm-hmm. still have a vesting schedule. Uh, but yeah, you definitely want to make sure, you know, you know whether or not, you know, the employer contributions are vested. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. So we were just talking and we're going to break down like we realized that we never really did an episode dedicated to investing and we will do that. Um, but you know, somebody asked me, how do I get started with investing? Um, and that's a pretty common question. Um, and I would say to answer that question, this is how you get started, right? Um, yeah. This is the easiest yeah. way. Yeah, this is probably the easiest way because this is kind of like built in. Uh, most jobs that you'll have will have some type of uh, retirement account or retirement mm-hmm. plan that you can take directly out of your paycheck like this is the easiest way because it's it it, it's the less it's the least amount of work on your part like you literally sign up once you say hey i want three percent four percent five percent out of my paycheck and every time you get paid that money is uh sent to uh account on your behalf yeah like that's like very very easy you don't even see it um 
I mean, I'm just, I mean, I highly recommend this one. It, it's in most cases, there's that employer match. So it's free money. So at the bare minimum, you want to make sure that you are investing up to what your employer will match at minimum into, into the 401k. Um, and if you don't have a 401k, you know, start, start small, see how it feels. Um, particularly if you're, um, we know that we recommend the Roth. The difference between the Roth 401k and a traditional 401k is when the taxes are taken out. So um, I personally have a split. So like if you do the Roth, they like that, that income is taxed before they put it in the account. That way at retirement, you don't have to pay taxes on that money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, I would say like it's definitely beneficial if you have to know your tax brackets um, and you can just, you know, Google 2021 um, tax brackets and it'll tell you, it'll say if you make between, you know, this amount of money, this amount of money, this is your tax brackets. And what I would say is anybody that's in a tax bracket that's below 20%, in my opinion, you should be doing a rock, like hands down um, because, you know, the goal is to make more money. You don't want to be in that low tax bracket your entire life. So if you're in a lower tax bracket right now where you're making where uh, you're making, let's just say, as a single person um, under one hundred thousand dollars or so, you're probably going to be uh, in under the 20 percent uh, tax bracket. You know, if you're paying 10, 15 percent, you know, uh, and what your tax bracket is 10, 15 percent, you might as well do the Roth now. And then later on, when you're making more money, you know, all that would be uh, tax free. Yeah, it, it gets a little bit tricky, you know, once you, you know, start to get in the mid 20s and the upper 20s, as far as, you know, whether you should do traditional or, or rot. But yeah, I would say it's a no no brainer if you're under 20 percent. Yeah. But the first step is regardless of whether you do a traditional or Roth, the traditional will feel better on your paycheck today yes. because it's not a, because it's not going to feel like a straight 5, 10, 15 percent coming out of your paycheck, because keep in mind, you're saving that 20, 24, whatever your tax bracket is, percent in taxes. Is So it's not going to feel as much as you're not taking that amount off your out of your your um, your net pay or your take home pay. So I, for this one, I would say to keep to keep it simple. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's let's give an example. So let's just say if you made $50,000 yeah. and if you chose to pre-tax and let's just say out of that, let's just say you did 10%. Um, so that's $5,000 a year. Mm-hmm. If you chose to do a pre-tax, uh, what will happen is you make $50,000 minus $5,000, 10%. Mm-hmm. You will only be taxed on $45,000 uh, uh, in April. Uh, or whenever you file your taxes, you only be taxed on forty five thousand dollars. Yeah. If you ch- if you ch- choose a Roth, you will be taxed on the full fifty thousand dollars, meaning you will pay more taxes mm-hmm. than if you were you know only taxed on forty five thousand dollars. Right. So you're you're paying yeah. taxes just like if you weren't investing that money, like it was part of your take home pay. So right. in terms of the your tax liability, it would be it's not it would be the same as what you're paying today. Um, yeah. But, but, but in retirement, yeah, the, the, even though you're paying more in taxes today, you could 
everything, all the the growth in your 401k, you know, let's just say you keep this 401k for 40 years, mm -hmm. all of that growth is going to be tax-free. In the Roth. In the Roth. Yes. Whereas with the pre-tax, you're going to have to pay taxes on it when you start taking it out in the future. Taxes on your contributions as well as the growth. Yes. Yes. So, so financially, 90% of the time, depending on your age, the Roth is a better option. Yeah, I, I would say so. Especially if you're young, if you're not making a lot of money, the Roth is, is definitely... I mean, you have some, you know, financial planners that, you know, like to get the tax deduction now. And, you know, their their rationale is, well, Congress could change the, the rules in the next four years, which is true. Con Congress could change the rules and they could start taxing uh, Roth uh, contributions uh, in the future. Mm -hmm. But, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking that they, they won't do that because I think that would be very unpopular, but it definitely could happen. Yeah. Interestingly enough, not to complicate this conversation even more, I talked to a financial planner last week okay. and I'm in, remember I was going back and forth between the Roth and the yeah. traditional and kind of where we landed that based on where, and I think it's a lot of it is based on like how my investments have been performing for me. It makes sense. It makes more Cause remember I told you that I, the, the difference that I was saving that I was not, you know, the difference with the tax money, I was right. reinvesting it. Right. But based on how my portfolio has been performing, it makes more sense for me to do a traditional because I, I'm i making more, my returns are projecting higher than um, what I would be saving in taxes anyway. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, at the end of the day, you just need we just need to look at it. Just look at the numbers, run some 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 analysis, you know, on both ways. The big the, the one thing I want to leave here, because I think we took this in a lot of different directions. Yeah. Just if you if you're not investing in a 401k today, start doing it. Um, test it out, pick a number, whether it's five percent or whatever. You definitely want to take advantage of that of that employer match at a minimum. Um, see how it feels, do it for a couple months, and then you know, usually what I recommend, if you get a raise every year, add that whatever percentage that is to your 401k or set it to automatically increase the, um, the, the contribution every year. That way you're not feeling it as much, but um, you're not going to be set up for retirement. Like you're going to be, you know, I think 60 or 70 some percent of people say they lay in bed and they, they worry about retirement once they start hitting a certain age and you don't want to be in that boat. So yeah. um, think about, you know, we think about retirement. We want to we want to travel. We want to eat good. We want we want to live our best lives. Um, and we got to make that sacrifice now. Um, and then we talk about comp compound interest, right? Yeah. Um, that money is yeah. going to sit there and make money for you over time. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. Where are we going next? Uh, so let's talk about medical and dental. These are like, I would say, like the traditional, yeah. <laughs> you know, benefits that most jobs offer. You know, like you yeah. get a job, they're going to give you some medical plans. They're going to give you dental plans. I think yep. the big one is definitely medical. Dental is probably like, you know, usually like one of the cheaper options. Mm -hmm. uh, but medical is like the big one. So, yeah, I would say like a combination of what you'll probably see uh, with medical is you'll probably see. Uh, some type of HMO plan, um, and we'll we'll talk about the, what those are uh, in a sec. 
um, you'll see probably a PPO plan as well. And then thirdly, you will probably see, and you won't see this like in every uh, organization, but you'll probably see something where you have like a, a health savings account, like an HSA com- okay. uh, combined with like a PPO. A we'll talk about the HSA, Yeah, high deductible. So we'll talk oh. about that later. But let's let's talk about what, what, what's the difference between an HMO and a PPO. Um, <laughs> so an HMO um, is more restrictive. So typically there's a network of providers that you have to stick with. So with an HMO, you have a primary care doctor that you select and you can't just say, I don't feel well. Let me, you know, I want to pick a doctor and go. No, Um, you have a doctor that you are either assigned or you choose. And that's the doctor you have to go to. If you got something different going on, if you need some kind of specialist, that primary care doctor through your HMO has to refer you to a specialist. You can't just say, I got this going on. I want to go see this person. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot more restrictive where a PPO, which generally is, is more expensive, gives you a lot more freedom to say, you know, I'm going to go see whatever doctor you can see who's in network, which is going to be a lower rate. Um, you have this broad list of in-network doctors that you can choose from to get your health, to, to fill your health care needs, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that was a good uh, summarization of that. And, you know, it's, it's really a matter of do you want the flexibility or not? You definitely, you mm-hmm. know, flexibility does come with a cost. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember I used to always choose the HMOs because it was the cheaper option, right? Yeah. Like, I used to always choose the HMOs until I tore my Achilles. Mm-hmm. And that, since the, ever since then, I've been choosing PPOs because I remember it was such a headache where I had to go to my uh my primary doctor to give me a well, i don't even know what it's called anymore like basically a referral mm-hmm. to go see a specialist to tell me that my achilles was torn and it was just like a lot of back and forth between my primary yeah primary care physician and, and the specialist where the second time because i've tore my achilles twice <laughs> the second time i tore my achilles i had a ppo and i just went to exactly who i went uh needed to go to it was a much smoother transaction um and yes it was more expensive um but the peace of mind that i had uh yeah. was it, it was worth it it was definitely worth it so if you're somebody who values um freedom. i would say like yeah freedom and flexibility ppo is probably the way to go um, HMO is going to be cheaper, um, but like like Drew said, it'll definitely be more restrictive. Yeah, so I actually have an HMO for the first time. And so I guess like when I think about my choosing my healthcare plan, um, I always say for everything, whether it's finances, but, um, your medical, whatever, I always say like, past performance or past or history is a good is the best predictor of future things right so i know i know i'm not a person i don't like going to the doctor i don't go to doctors often as i should um and so year after year and i don't have any medical any major medical Mm -hmm. things right that require me to go to the doctor often so i so generally year after year i definitely spend more on co-pays than what I use in my insurance every single year. Um, so um, this job that I have currently, the cost for me of my health 
um, my health insurance is even going to a more restrictive plan is significantly higher than what I was paying before. So when mm -hmm. I look at, I knew I needed insurance because um, if something major were, were to happen, like that could cripple me financially, right? And, yeah. and we see that happen to a lot of people. Um, so I decide, so I know like, if something bad happens, I know I'm going to have to eat, hit, hit that out-of-pocket minimum before they cover every, anything, right? Which is, yeah. let's say, $4,000. Um, so, honestly, compared to the cost of a night in the hospital or whatever, that's a drop in the bucket. So, for me, I was like, okay, that part is worth it for me to have a smaller chunk come out of my paycheck um, yeah. every, single, every single week. But I will say, like, I went to schedule... Um, I, I went to schedule my annual physical and I went through September and I could like I, I, cho I chose this primary care doctor you have to do it with the HMO I couldn't get an appointment so yeah. I'm like okay so now now it's starting you know I needed yeah, to get definitely. my prescription I have to pick it up from their pharmacist I can't yep. just like I normally go to CVS down the street exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so it's pros and cons like like with anything but the good thing is that you do have to, yeah, kind of look and see, you know, what your, your, uh, I guess your history has been, what do you, you're kind of estimating what you think, you know, you're going to do for this year, you yeah. know, and I, I look at that too, like even for my kids, like I try to, I mean, with kids it's hard because it's just like, you never know, like with them. Yeah. But yeah. I know for me, like I just try to hit like my annuals. Um, and even with a PPO, even though I'm, I'm paying higher, um, I don't spend a lot because I really don't. I mean, thank God we haven't had to go to the hospital a lot, you know, with any of the kids or for ourselves. Um, but um, a lot of the, well, all of the wellness uh, visits, like the preventative maintenance, all that is free, whether you have an HMO or a PPO. All that thank is. You. Thank uh, you, Obama. Yeah, thank you, Obama, for that. Uh, they're they're 0% copay. So it, I would say, like, I definitely try to hit all those wellness uh, visits because just the preventative stuff, mm -hmm. you know, is is going to be good, and you can get a lot of stuff done in those uh, in those yeah. um, um, uh, appointments with your doctor, where you don't have to have a, a second appointment and then right. pay a copay or you know pay out of pocket. So so like strategic about get all your prescriptions for the year written at that time. Yep, exactly, exactly. And then yeah. if and then you put me on to something a couple weeks ago because I think when I was going through this process of choosing a plan, I reached out to you about um, I don't know why we were talking about prescription drugs, right? Yeah. Um, and you put me on to an app. Yeah, Good RX. I think yeah. it's called right. Good yeah. RX. Yeah. And it it's int I tested it, and the prices with the coupon, like it tells you what you know you get coupons for different pharmacies. Yep. And the prices were very similar to um, what my prices were with insurance. Yeah. And I actually, the, the the way I came across that is because now I have a high deductible plan. So my deductible is like 7500 or something like yeah. that, right? So I don't want to meet my deductible. Right. Um, but with that plan also, because it's coupled with an HSA, I have to um, pay a lot for like, uh, previous prescriptions. Like I remember when I had like a regular PPO, I had a prescription and literally it was like $7, some whatever it was. Right. Yeah. But with the plan I have now, now that's like $95. Yeah. But you can, I, I use that good RX app and it tells me where I can, I can go to Costco. I can go to Walgreens. I can go to CVS, wherever 
showed him this coupon and now it is more expensive than the seven dollars but it was only like fifteen dollars right so you know i'm still saving a bunch of money compared to what it would be so this is like man this app has been like a, a godsend like for like prescriptions and anything so i always check first on on that yeah well i'm gonna put you onto a new app that okay I, um <laughs> so i told y'all um and this is a relatively um new new app but this concept is around um and it's called k health and it's you know how telemedicine is kind of taking over the world right yeah um uh k health you can download this app it's uh you can get an appointment i think for 12 dollars, either 12 or 19 dollars um you meet with a doctor what either through video or like i did mine through text so like i didn't know what was causing my headaches and like we know now it's because i have to have root canal and so like i went on here i spoke with a doctor he wrote me a prescription um and like they you have to take like this extensive like they have this technology that like they ask you like 50 questions and based on like past history the technology will kind of diagnose and say it's either this this or this they send that report to the doctor the doctor will look at it ask you a few questions and then from there kind of diagnose care um it's a great app for people that don't have insurance because there actually is an annual plan that's very very affordable um that and you even get like an annual checkup and like you can get your blood work and all that stuff done every single year um and there's no additional cost for those appointments um so it's actually, I thought it was a really cool app. And then the other piece is like, once you sign up for your pro- profile, there's a prescription saver card, which works just like GoodRx. So I literally took, took it, the doctor sent my prescription to, to the pharmacy, to CVS. Um, I showed them this little card, which is just looks just like my insurance card. And I was able to get almost like an in-network rate on the prescription that I needed. And I like the whole thing, you know, it took me like 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's a great option well, for good. people. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of different options out here, you know, that yeah. can supplement whether you choose to have a, you know, any other plans, HMO, PPO. Yep. So I don't have to pay for a doctor's visit for something that's not major. I can just go right. on this app. Right. Um, cool. Um, so yeah, I, I would say for the medical piece, determine what your past medical needs have been and use that as a barometer to see how much insurance you need. Some people just automatically feel like they need the highest plan. Right. But if you historically haven't had that many medical concerns, you may not. We're not experts now. This is our opinions. (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. Now, one thing, I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on dental because dental is not like really robust at all. But what I will say is if you have dental uh, coverage, it's usually like very, very cheap. (laughs) So make sure you uh, pick that up unless you have it through something else. But, you know, the, the big thing I, I'm an advocate for doing that preventative maintenance because all that stuff is just free. You know, all that stuff is uh, uh, you get the stuff, you, you get the preventative maintenance done, whether on your medical or your dental. And then hopefully like it will you won't have to go get root canals or you won't have to like get some of this other stuff. Um, you know, some of the deeper cleanings that cost money if you're doing like your every six months cleanings and typically like dental plans are very cut and dry <laughs> like a lot yeah. of them just pretty much have like i think like three levels of you know what they will pay for like mm-hmm. typically the first level is just like the basic cleanings uh second level is like more you know uh you know other stuff 
And then like third level is like more restorative like things where they don't pay as much for maybe like 50%. A lot of plans don't cover orthodontia, especially for adults. Uh, So that's like braces and things like that. So that's something that you have to keep in mind. You may have to, you know, save money, uh, save up money for or, Mm -hmm. you know, find some other means. And there's not a there's like some a lot more options now than they were in the past where like you can, you know, do the kits at home and all that, all that stuff to kind of cut the costs. Yeah. And, you know, if you need to do something like that, too. You know, I would say negotiate with the dentist, man. Like, <laughs> negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. Even though I have health insurance, I always ask, like, uh, uh, my health providers, like, okay, how much, if I wanted to do this without, like, insurance, how much would this cost me? Because sometimes it's a, like, health insurance in America is a mess, right? Like, yeah, it is. no one, like, knows, like, the, the rhyme or reason behind, like, a lot of this stuff. So it's just, like, sometimes different things, I won't use my insurance. Sometimes different things, I will use my insurance. It's yeah. all about negotiation. When I went to the dentist, I'm like, you know, give me the network, you know, give me the provider rate. Like, even though I'm out of coverage, give me the provider rate. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. cool. Um, yep. I, if I have to have two teeth images, I have to have two teeth image taken and they're like a hundred and something dollars a pop. And I'm like, you got to go in my mouth either way. Just can you throw both of them in? And they're like, yeah. fine, fine. We want you to come back here, you know? So, yeah, like, yeah definitely. Cool. Um, so, I actually want to jump to HSA, FSA, though. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of coupled with uh, the, the medical plan. So why don't you talk about, you know... I'm going to tell them what you taught me. Okay, tell and them what I taught you. I taught you. Okay. <laughs> the student became the teacher. That, so <laughs> HSAs typically... Um, don't get an HSA and an FSA confused. Um, so typically an HSA, a health savings account, you can only participate in that if you have a high deductible health plan. So typically when you go to enroll, and, it's, and usually if you're p- choosing a high deductible health plan, it's usually the cheapest plan, medical plan that your job offers in most cases. Um, yeah. If that's the case, and a lot of, em- the nice part about an HSA is a lot of employers will contribute, a, like they'll match or they'll contribute a certain amount of money. So you definitely, if your employer offers that, you definitely want to take advantage of it. Um, so for, Let me, a- well, first, what is a high deductible? So a high deductible plan for an individual would be a deductible over of at least 1400 and for a family of at least 2800 Now those, those mm-hmm. amounts change every year, but that's for yeah. this year. Um, but just because if your employer offers like a plan and the deductible is higher than that, all employers don't offer the HSA Correct. Um, uh, with that. So something to keep in mind. Right. But the nice part about an HSA is you can contribute money to that plan on uh, on tax, pre-tax basis. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you have major medical expense. So like when I go to the dentist today. I have a, um, a debit card for my HSA that that money came directly out of my, in this case, it actually was money that one of my prior employers just gave me because I had a high deductible plan and they would give me like a couple, they would give me a couple thousand bucks a year. I still have that money. Um, and I will just use that money that I never got paid taxes on to pay for that medical expense. Or I could pay out of pocket and reimburse myself. The other option, which I think D does, is... Like, I've had that money just sitting there for, at this point, it's been three or four years. What he taught me earlier this year, I didn't know this, is you can invest that money. So most, just about all HSA plans have an option to invest 
that money. And even if they don't, you can roll it into an investment account. Um, And so while that money is sitting there, you can earn interest on it. And it's interesting because since I learned that, it was probably back in March, um, my account has grown so much because I invested all that money that was sitting there. I think I had to leave like $500 in the account. The rest of it I invested and it's been making money for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I get so excited over HSAs because like this, to me, this is like one of the best like plans. It's a triple tax advantage account. So if if you can do an HSA, I would definitely say uh, uh, do it. So um, you you get a tax benefit. You contribute a money pre-tax. Yeah. Um, The growth is is not taxed. And then when you take it out, now this is what Drew taught me. When you take it out, like, well, you can take it or you can reimburse yourself, you know, for medical expenses at any time. And that's going to be tax free to you. But if you wait until I think after retirement age, is it after 62 or 65? I don't know the exact age. But if you take that money out, you can use it for other things. And it's totally tax free. Like, that's like amazing. That's like amazing. Like, so for me, this is like another mini retirement account, honestly, Um, because um, uh, yeah, I don't want to reimburse myself. Like, I just want to. And, and I have this money invested in stocks. Yeah. Um, just invest in stocks, and uh, you can even go like I'm. We're not gonna go super in depth because I I found out like earlier this year you can invest this money in real estate too, uh, which mm-hmm. I may do in the future. But you can I have I just have this money invested in stocks, and like Drew said, you know it's just like the money that you put in there, and you know if you're letting it grow, my pl- my plan is to let it grow until I'm like 62, 65, and just let it sit in stocks and. Whatever I put in now should be worth 10 times more, you know, uh, exactly uh, by the age. So, you know, a lot of people I, I've had, well, I've discussed this with other people, they, they'll they say, okay, well, with HSA, you know, why would you not reimburse yourself? Like, so you're paying double, you know, because it, it's a mindset shift, you mm-hmm. know, yes, you're paying for that, you know, because you could use the HSA to reimburse yourself. My argument is, if you wait, the money is going to grow so much more. Yeah. You know, this is we we all we preach delayed gratification um, yeah. on this on this podcast. And this is like the ultimate form of that, because you get a tax benefit. Plus, if you wait, that money could potentially grow to 10, 20, 30 times as much, depending on when you start, depending on what type of investments you put it in. So I would rather rate, uh, wait because I'm banking on my money that I put in today being 10 times more. Exactly. When I take it out. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, that's an excellent point. So, um, then a a lot of jobs offer FSAs as well, flexible spending accounts. And I think a lot of people confuse the two. Right. Cause it's, it's it's similar, but they're different. The, The similarities are basically like you can use FSAs, flexible spending accounts, uh, to pay for medical expenses. So, yeah. you know, Drew's, your co-pays, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, um, uh, if you're going to the dentist, mm-hmm. you have to pay the dentist. You can buy your contacts. You can, yeah, you can buy your contacts, things like that. You cannot invest this money. You can't invest FSAs. Right. Um, the other thing is FSAs, uh, you use it, is basically you use it or lose it uh, yeah. every year. Um, if you did leave the uh, your company, uh, you need to use that money before you 
you leave or you will lose that money. Yeah. So that's different than with an HSA. You take the HSA with you. It's interesting, yeah, because at the end of the year, you'll see like all the dent, all the um, the the eye the eyeglass doctors and stuff putting out signs saying use up all your yeah. benefits before the year is up. Right. People right. ordering boxes and boxes of contacts because this money is just sitting there. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing about an FSA, FSAs have to be employer. They have to be through an employer. Where where, where yes. an HSA does not, right? Yeah. Um, and then the contribution limits are different. Yeah, definitely. Like the. Um, let me see the HSA uh, contributions. I know for a family it's seventy two hundred. Um, I think for an FSA, uh, fifty three hundred. Fifty three. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a lot different. And another thing I would say about like uh, HSA um, or FSA, uh, you don't typically FSAs. You have like some type of grace period to use that money. I believe. Yeah. Based um, on so your employer grant, like your employer has to grant that. Your yes. Um, so I've been with plans that, you know, you can use that. You can reimburse yourself for any, let's just say 2021, you know, any 2021 expenses, you will have an extra 45 days into 2022 yeah. to reimburse yourself. Or some plans I've had that was even more generous than that. You have 90 days to, to do that. So you just have to look at your plan documents because every plan is going to be different um, yep. from, from that respect. Cool. All right. Let's talk about life insurance. We've talked about this before. I remember one of uh, the Watch the Money Eleven was LadderLife.com. Um, yeah, we talked about whether uh, you should go with your employer coverage. Um, so let's talk so, about that. And I would say, yeah. so the so the price of entry here is if your employer offers something for free, we that's that's your baseline, right? Yeah, definitely. I always take the free stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would say that, yeah, definitely take the free stuff. Um, most of the times, the the free is not going to be enough. It's just really yeah. supplemental. Uh, a lot of plans will offer, you know, two times your salary. So let's just say you make $100,000. They'll offer two times your salary. So you'll have $200,000. All my jobs covered. have offered one time my salary, but okay. Uh, majority <laughs> of my jobs have been two times. Uh, so... Okay, right. so let's just say you, one you, to two. These private sector jobs. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say one one to two times. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars, then you you'll have anywhere between a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars should you you know pass away. Yeah. But we know that's definitely not enough. If you if you are, you know, if you if, if you're taking care of someone, someone is depending on your income. The reason we know that's not enough, as we talked about in that episode, I don't remember what episode it was. But the way that I like to look at it is. Uh, any type of life insurance, it should replace, um, uh, it should be, yeah, it should be like eight to 10 times what your income is. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, eight to 10 times is 800,000 to a million dollars of yep. life insurance coverage. So if you have that 200,000, I would say get a outside plan outside of and we're not going to go into this because that's not what this is about. But mm-hmm. get an outside plan that fills the gap. You know, if you need eight hundred to a million, you have two hundred thousand. Get a plan that's anywhere between six hundred and eight hundred thousand, um, mm-hmm. and and you should be covered. Now, I like to go above and beyond. I don't even. I like to count my my job uh, uh, life insurance coverage as extra because what if I left that job? I don't want to be yeah. thinking about oh now I gotta up my life insurance plan that's on the side you know i'm yeah. i'm gonna take care of it you know my part on the side anywhere and the life insurance um through the job is just extra exactly um 
I would say like the other thing that I also see is, of course, they offer supplemental um, plans. Uh, crunch the numbers because yeah. a lot of times those supplemental plans are more expensive than if you just went outside to a third party provider and asked them for the same coverage. Like if you uh, like we talked about, if you get if you make one hundred thousand dollars and you have two times uh, your salary, so two hundred thousand, but you want to you want to get you know four times your salary, that might that extra two hundred thousand is going to be more than likely more expensive than if you just went on an open market looking for a two hundred thousand dollar life insurance plan. So definitely crunch the numbers. Yeah, and I would say for all employer benefits, there's a lot of different benefits that we haven't talked about today. But um, I think crunch the numbers is, is kind of the theme of the day for all of it to find yeah. out what makes sense for you, your family and your lifestyle, because a lot of us are overspending when it comes to our benefits. But then we're not setting up ourselves for and future planning and thinking about things like the 401ks and the HSAs. We're living in the here and now. So let's make sure that we're not only like we're, that we're allocating the money in the right way. Um, as we're thinking about going into 2022 and how much we're going to spend on benefits and how are we going to make the benefits work for us, right? Yeah, um, yeah definitely. definitely. Yep. Cool. Uh, what's D-Money loving? So um, D-Money is loving this book that I'm reading. I'm just been in a book. I'm not reading it. I'm listening to it because on Audible. Um, yeah. Truth be told, I ain't got time to like be sitting down and actually read a book, man. But I'm, I'm listening to this book called The Go-Giver, and uh, it's just an excellent book. It's just about how giving, having that giving uh, attitude and that giving spirit and not really being like selfish mm -hmm. um, can just, you know, increase your success in life, um, you know, just with people, whether it's with business or in your personal relationships or, you know, any type of relationships, just always being thoughtful, empathetic and, you know, giving really. Um, uh, can continue to help you uh, be great. So I would recommend, um, you know, that for anybody to, to give that a quick listen. That's by um, Bob Berg. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the listen is only like two and a half hours. So, I mean, if you're in a car, you know, driving, like, like I used to drive, like, I remember like 45 minutes each way to work. Like you could probably finish this, this book in like two days. So I canceled my audible because it was like I, I try to keep my subscriptions very low yeah um, I signed up for a library card on, I went online signed up for a library card and the library most libraries have this app called Hoopla which is just yeah. like Audible so I can just go on there and rent the audiobooks and listen to them um, so I just borrowed that one cool good cool. recommendation um, my stock pick of the day I feel like we talked about this. No, we didn't. Um, it's AER, Aircap Holdings. Uh, currently, while we're recording, it trades for about $55 a share. Um, they engage in leasing, financing, and sales sales and management of commercial aircraft um, and engines in mainland, mainland, mainland China, Hong Kong, and the U.S., Ireland, and internationally. So it's a big um, aircraft company. Uh, this stock, um, so analyst prediction is that the target price is around $69. So, uh, this stock, it has a 25% upside. I bought it for a lot cheaper than it is today. Um, they saw a nice revenue bump in the last quarter. Um, but they have, the, they have a lot of, um, 
lease new leases that are about to take effect and aircrafts that are about to be paid off. So their balance sheets are about to look really nice. So they're expecting a huge increase in cash flow. Um, but um, the new leases are going to drive a huge revenue bump. So I think this one's going to continue to perform. We know um, we're still in the midst of the pandemic as we record this, but um, travel is we, we know that that's only that's the sector that's going to continue to grow post pandemic. Um, yeah. This one's been lucrative for me. So I wanted to share the love. Make yourself some cool. money, a little bit of money. <laughs> cool. That's what's up. All right. Feeling good? Yeah, feeling good. I think that was a good subject. Hopefully it helps you guys as you're going through uh, open enrollment. And I would say feel free, uh, being that me and Drew uh, are both in HR, if you guys have any questions as you're going through open enrollment this year, uh, definitely hit us up. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to give you our opinions. It's not going to be any hard or fast uh, advice, but we're, we'll give you our opinions because I, I think we see this stuff every day. Absolutely. You can leave us a, uh, if you want to be a part of the podcast. Um, or not, you can specify in your message, but you can leave us a voice message at, at the breakthemoneycurse.com website. Um, and if you want to, you, if you want your voice on the podcast, we'll include it. We'll answer your questions on the podcast, or you can hit us up at break the money curse on Instagram or TikTok. But, uh, I had, I had fun, man. For sure. All right. I'm about to, um, go, 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 go get that root canal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. We'll do this next week. All right, man. Peace. Later.